Let's open our Bibles once again to the book of Isaiah, chapter 8. Moreover, the Lord said unto me, Take a great roll, and write in it with a man's pen concerning Maher Shalal Hajbaz. And I took unto me faithful witnesses to record, Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Jerichiva. And I went unto the prophetess, and she conceived and bare a son. Then said the Lord to me, Call his name Maher Shahal Hajbaz. For before the child shall have knowledge to cry, My father and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria shall be taken away before the king of Assyria. The Lord spake also unto me again, saying, For as much as this people refuseth the waters of Shiloh that go softly and rejoice in Rezin and Ramalia's son, now therefore, behold, the Lord bringeth up upon them the waters of the river strong and mighty, even the king of Assyria, and all his glory. And he shall come up over all his channels and go over all his banks. And he shall pass through Judah. He shall overflow and go over, and he shall reach even to the neck. And the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breath of thy land, O Emmanuel. Associate yourselves, O ye people, and ye shall be broken in pieces, and give ear, all ye of far countries. Gird yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Gird yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Speak the word, and it shall not stand, for God is with us. For the Lord spake unto me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say, A confederacy, neither fear ye their fear nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself and let him be your fear and let him be your dread. And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling, and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. And I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. And when they shall say unto you, 
Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter. Should not a people seek unto their God, for the living to the dead? To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there's no light in them. And they shall pass through it hardly bestead and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God and look upward. And they shall look unto the earth and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. The chapter ends with that judgment. But verse 18 is our text. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Behold, I and the children that the Lord hath given me, signs and wonders. The prophet Isaiah has been commissioned to be a prophet to the people of Judah and to Jerusalem, to Zion. They are apostates. We read in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, God said to Isaiah, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and they hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. Isaiah is called to bring the word of God. He is called to preach. And the majority of Jerusalem and of Judah are wicked and carnal, hardened in their sins to condemnation and destruction. But the elect remnant will be saved. The preaching of Isaiah must serve as a means to God's purpose of hardening these wicked folk in Jerusalem and in Jerusalem. To harden them not to convert or to save or to heal them. And so we looked at last time the sign of the virgin birth during that great stress in Judah. They were threatened there by the alliance of Syria and the northern tribes. And so Isaiah had spoke to King Ahaz... Ask for a sign that the Lord will deliver his people, and Ahaz will not ask for a sign. He refuses to ask for it, even when instructed to ask for it. And he refuses to ask for that sign, not because he's pious, but because he's unbelieving, and he prefers to trust in Assyria rather than trust in Jehovah God. 
And so the Lord himself had given King Ahaz a sign, a sign that he will deliver his people, the sign of Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, the virgin's son. And may that virgin's son be still a sign to you and to me when we go through our storms or when we're walking through the valley. We're not alone. We're not alone, but as Emmanuel means, God is with us. And that is what Judah and Jerusalem should have remembered when Israel and when Syria allied themselves against them. Well, our text now contains a second sign from the Lord to that apostate nation of Judah. And that sign consists of Isaiah and his children. The children that the Lord would give him as signs and wonders. So that is my theme Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We're going to notice, first of all, and the longest point in the sermon is Isaiah and his children. Second of all, Christ and his children. And then thirdly, believers and their children. Behold, Isaiah and his children standing opposed to the wicked of their day. Judah, they're threatened by Rezin of the king of Syria and Pekah, the king of Israel. Those two nations wanted to destroy Judah and Jerusalem and they wanted to bring an end to the line of David. They wanted to set a son of Syria on the throne. They wanted to, and Satan through them, to prevent Christ from coming. And instead of trusting in God to deliver his people and to preserve the house of David, King Ahaz makes an alliance with Assyria. And so he was given, first of all, the sign of Emmanuel. What we read in chapter 8 takes place about a year later. And Israel is still threatened, I mean, and Judah is still threatened by Israel and Syria. And they continue to trust in Assyria to deliver them. Yes, Assyria did make war against Syria and Israel, but nothing has essentially changed. The people of God in Judah as a whole stand in their wicked king-led rebellion against God. They're going to look elsewhere for their deliverance. They're going to look to the arm of flesh. And the majority of the people of the kingdom of Judah despise Isaiah's preaching, despise the word of the Lord. They don't want to hear it. They refuse to turn away from their trust in Assyria. They refuse to look to Jehovah for safety and salvation. 
We read in chapter 8, verse 6. They refuse the waters of Shiloh that go softly. God's refreshing grace. And they rejoice in Rezin and Ramalia's son. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that they're happy with those two wicked nations that are threatening them. But it means that they are trusting in Assyria. Assyria is going to help us. Don't worry. They're going to rid us of these enemies. It means that they are on the side of Assyria, the enemies of God's people, instead of on God's side and God's help. It implies that they despise and disobey the admonition of Isaiah. He says, don't trust in Assyria, but trust in Jehovah. He's your God. They refuse the waters of Shiloh that go softly. That is, they are despising Zion. They're despising the temple. They're despising the worship of God. They're despising, when they despise Zion, the theocracy. And boys and girls, that big word, theocracy, means simply God's rule. They were God's people. God rules them. God delivers them. God saves them. And they said, no. They will not trust their covenant God. Isaiah and his children, opposed to the wicked in Judah and Jerusalem, stand in faith, declaring God's word. So Isaiah is now here a witness against, and he is a testimony there against the the people of Judah. Isaiah, whose name means my God is Jehovah. Or another way of putting it, my God is salvation. What a sign. What a testimony there. While the rest of Judah is saying, Assyria, Assyria, they're going to help us. Isaiah in his name, my God is salvation. He has taken his firstborn son, The year before, before King Ahaz, Shear Jeshuv, a remnant will return. There's hope, there's a glimmer of hope there, but notice it's a remnant shall return. And he goes into the prophetess and she bears again a son, Maher Shalal Hajbaz. And that name means hastening is the booty, speeding is the prey. What that is is a direct proclamation of judgment upon Judah. God's wrath there against his people. The Assyrian world power in which Judah trusts will hasten to the spoils of war. And the people of God are going to be their prey. It's looking at coming events. They were trusting in Assyria to help them. And while Assyria will go against those other two kingdoms, they're going to go after Judah and Jerusalem also. 
Isaiah and his children stand as God's children. He and his wife and his two sons stand as a sign there in the dark nation. And that's why we read in verse 18, Behold, behold, take notice, have open eyes and open hearts, pay attention to me and my children, says Isaiah. They would be a sign in the midst of an ungodly people. The word of God through the prophet is that that nation will come to ruin at the hands of their supposed friend and deliverer. Maher Shalohajbaz. They will become their prey. Even while there is yet a small remnant that will be preserved, Shear Jeshuv. Isaiah and his children are a living testimony to the word of God. And you will remember that's what we said. Signs are always accompanying the word of God. Signs in themselves cannot convert anyone. You need the word of God and signs are given to confirm one in that word. But those signs to the wicked only hardened them in their sin. Isaiah and his children, a living witness to the word of God. I will deliver my people. And that testimony is not only related then to Isaiah and to his children. There was also a remnant in Judah and Jerusalem that were disciples of Isaiah. They did not cooperate with the carnal majority in Judah. They continued to trust in Jehovah their God. Verse 16 of chapter 8. We read there, My disciples, bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. How gracious of God. How wonderful of God. How powerful of God. Because the people as a whole left to themselves would all depart from the Lord and his word. And you and I left to ourselves would depart from the word of God. It is only God's grace that there is that remnant. He preserves for himself a remnant. He gives to Isaiah children and disciples who trust in the Lord and trust in the Lord alone. Disciples. Doesn't Jesus put it the same way? Those who trust in him are his mother and brothers. I'm thinking of Luke 8, verse 21. Jesus says, who is my mother and who are my brothers? My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. Isaiah and his children represent that spiritual, faithful church as it is in Christ Jesus. The prophet and his children are a type 
are a type. They look forward to Christ and his disciples. Those whom the Lord has given to Christ already in eternity. Hebrews 2, verse 13, but we'll get to that later on. I'm, I'm jumping ahead there. Isaiah and his two children and his wife and the disciples of Isaiah, that is those who refused to join the confederacy of aligning themselves with Assyria. They trust in God's grace. They represent the church of all ages. Separated out from the apostatizing nation, it remains faithful to the Lord. So it, Isaiah and his children are, first of all, a sign to their time and the people, the kingdom of God in, their, in his lifetime. A twofold sign, notice. It is a sign to the ungodly in Jerusalem that they will perish. They will perish in the way of their unbelief. They will perish in their sins. They will perish in the way of trusting in the arm of flesh rather than Jehovah God. But Isaiah and his children are also a sign that God will never forsake his remnant of his people but he will deliver them out of the power of all their enemies and their sins. So Isaiah and his children is a twofold sign, judgment, but also salvation. And that's what you will remember from Isaiah 1, verse 27, that Israel will be redeemed with judgment. The chaff are going to be taken away just as Noah and his family were separated out from the ungodly world of his time by water. Or later on, you have God's people taken out of Egypt, the land of slavery and bondage, a picture of sin, and they're saved by water, aren't they? The prophet and his children a type of Jerusalem as a church in the new dispensation. And there are enemies within the gates. That means those enemies in Jerusalem and Judah are a type of the unbelieving and apostate church. They are there. Open up your eyes. Look at where the churches have been established many times and what happens as the rider on the white horse moves westward. Where are the churches of Asia Minor? Where are the churches of the Reformation in Europe? Where are the churches in America where there were those who came to this land for freedom of religion? Enemies within the gates, but also enemies outside the gates. And the enemies outside the gates are a type of this ungodly world that we live in the midst of. An ungodly world that is going to finally culminate in the Antichrist and his kingdom in the last days. The wonderful truth the wonderful comfort that God gives. 
God will deliver his people. He knows how to deliver them. He has the power to deliver them, not with the arm of flesh, but by his own mighty power. Those who put their trust in him will never be put to shame. The wicked will perish, but there will be salvation for God's own, saving them in his own name and in his own power. So Isaiah and his children are, first of all, a sign. But notice from the text, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for a sign and for a wonder. A sign points forward to a wonder behind it. Now, a miracle is always a sign and a wonder. In other words... There are every wonder that there is in the world, every miracle that God, Jesus Christ, ever did was always a sign also. A sign taken from the natural world into the unseen spiritual world. Now, not every sign is a wonder, but every wonder is a sign. And God's word here says, Isaiah and his children, whom the Lord has given him, that's important. He doesn't do it himself. The Lord has given him these children. They will be a sign and a wonder. And what is that wonder? It's the wonder of God's grace, isn't it? A grace that is able to do the impossible. A grace that enables an old Sarah or a Hannah to have a child. Abraham and Sarai were both barren, unable to have children. A wonder of grace. She conceives. And as we just looked at the last sign, Emmanuel, what a wonder of grace! A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. God does the impossible unnatural, extraordinary revelation of God's grace. Think of all the different miracles that Jesus did. It wasn't just that he had compassion on the people and wanted to heal as many as possible. There's many he didn't heal. There was many starving women that were not given food to eat. There was many in Israel that didn't receive these wonders. But every wonder was done as a sign of a spiritual reality. Think a moment of that. Jesus healed the blind man. You'll remember with the one blind man, spit on clay, smeared it on his eyes. He was told to wash it out. He starts seeing dimly. It's repeated, washed out. He sees clearly. What a picture of you and me. By nature, blind to God, blind to our own sin, but through the miracle of God's grace, the Spirit opens our eyes to behold Christ spiritually by faith. Those who are deaf or dumb, you and I, by nature, 
We're not able to sing God's praises, but by the wonder of grace, our tongues are loosened, our lips are able to move, and we're able to sing praises to God and confess his name. Think of the lame men. What a wonder of grace, pointing to the spiritual, just as you and I were unable to walk in the way of God's commandments at all, rebellious through the wonder of grace. Those men were able to take up their bed and walk, and you and I are able now by the grace of God to walk in the way of his commandments. Wonder of grace. Isaiah, whose name means, my God is salvation, in his person and in his work, points to the salvation that is ours in Christ Jesus. The wonder of grace in Emmanuel, Shear Jashuv, our remnant are preserved. Maher Shalahajbaz, on the wicked will come quick and sudden destruction. And all those disciples of Isaiah, that is, that remnant in Judah and Jerusalem who believed the word of God, clung to that word of God. They trusted in Jehovah, and they reject all the help of man. They reject the conspiracy that's taking place in Jerusalem. Let's align ourselves with Assyria. Yes, it is by a wonder of grace that that remnant will remain faithful to God. And they took for the fulfillment the sign of the Emmanuel. He is their salvation. Isaiah and his children and his disciples, they separate themselves from the wicked. They distinguish themselves from the wicked by their words and by their deeds. They separate themselves from the false church and they stand for the cause of God. The choice, beloved, the choice is absolute. One either stands for God or stands against God. There is no neutral ground. Stand for the unchristian world power or against it, and you will be hated and persecuted by them. Oh, the wonder of grace, Isaiah and his children, a sign and a wonder. God's grace, God's grace that enables us to believe and to stand in him. So we go from the Old Testament, Isaiah and his children, no, they're not perfect. But they stand there as a type, and as a type, they cannot be perfect. That is, we always have to look beyond the imperfect type to the perfect antitype. And that's why my second point of the sermon is Christ Jesus and his children. Christ Jesus and the children whom the Lord has given to him. And there you have God's eternal determination before the foundation of the world, isn't it? I and the children that the Lord has given to me. I want you you to see very clearly how this sign and wonder in Isaiah's day 
is fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And we do that by going to Hebrews chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles open, please open in a minute. Hebrews chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 10 and following. And yes, I'll give you time to look it up. Hebrews 2, beginning at verse 10. For it became him, Christ, for whom are all things and by whom all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. A couple things in this passage. He that sanctifieth and them that are sanctified, we read in verse 11, are all of one. We talked about that this morning. We talked about it last week too, didn't we? Baptism. We're all one family of God. Communion, we are a family of God together. I am the children whom the Lord has given to me. What is promised? The same things that Isaiah was saying to God's people in his day. The Lord knows how to deliver his own, and he will destroy the workers of iniquity. And that is exactly what Christ Jesus does. Verse 14, Hebrews 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise himself took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that's the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What a wonder of grace. Christ Jesus comes into the world and shares in our humanity. He takes on our human nature. He is God. He is fully man. Christ. In Christ Jesus, the children whom God has given to him are the faithful kernel that is separated from the chaff. They are the remnant according to the election of grace. The sign that was given to Judah and Jerusalem by Isaiah is a sign that's fulfilled in Christ Jesus and the children whom the Lord has given to him already in eternity. In this dark world, there are children of light. Children of light who are opposed to the children of darkness. They have been set apart by God. 
set apart from the children of Satan. Those children of Satan that are within the gates, but also without the gates. Those who are in the apostate church, and those who have nothing to do with the church are out there in the wicked world. Christ and his children, those whom the Lord has given him, are set apart from the wicked, set apart to God and his glory. And Christ and his church here in the world is a sign, a sign of God's judgment, giving over the wicked to their wickedness and saving and delivering his own by the cross of Jesus Christ. Yes, Christ and the children given to him are a sign in this dark world and also a wonder, a wonder of grace. Don't you find it so? That in this heart of mine, which was dead in sin, there's instantly life. I'm talking now about our regeneration. Even as Christ became incarnate in this world, a wonder, a wonder that you and I, dead in sin, are made alive in Christ Jesus. Oh, sing those words, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and send relief. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is more powerful than all my sin. No wonder, no wonder that, as we're going to get in Isaiah, the Lord willing, next week, Isaiah chapter 9, that one of the names of our Savior is Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. And how is that possible? Well, Jesus tells us in John chapter 6. We read there in John chapter 6 verse 37... All that the Father hath given me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Yes, from the lips of Jesus, I and the children that the Lord has given to me are a sign and a wonder, the wonder of grace. But that brings me to my third point the believer and his children for this passage would also be a beautiful baptism sermon for the prophet Isaiah and his children are a type not only of Christ Jesus and all those who believe in him but also a type of you and me the believer and the children that the Lord has given unto him. For you and I cannot bring into this world by ourselves children of God. You and I can only bring into this world children of the devil, children under the wrath of God, those who are dead in sin. That's all we can bring into the world. And it is God, through the wonder of grace, that performs that new birth, that birth from above, 
regeneration. Yes, a type of believers and their children for God does work in the line of generations still today, even as he did throughout the whole Old Testament. So that we confess that our children are God's gift of grace to us. They're a precious heritage. We love those children. We desire to bring those children in the world we don't say, well, I'm going to stop at one or two because I want to enjoy the, the money and the time and the leisure for myself, as some very selfish Christians say. No. We desire to be used by God to bring children into this world that God, by his grace, makes his own. We confess our oneness then with Christ Jesus and all those that believe in him. We and our children, by God's grace, are set apart by God, separated from the world and separated unto himself in Christ Jesus. And by grace we stand full of faith and trust in God's promises. God will not fail us. He will keep for himself a remnant and he will deliver them from their sins. They will believe on him and they will be saved. We are delivered from our sins not by our own flesh, not by our own will, but by God's promise and by God's work. And so by grace, we distinguish ourselves by our words and by our actions. Even as Isaiah and his children and the disciples in that day were a sign in the midst of Israel of believing in the Lord, you and I are that sign still in this dark world that we live in. We do not conspire with the world. We do not join the world. But rather we stand in God, in Christ Jesus. We stand in his promises. God makes us a living testament to the word of God. What a sign to the ungodly world. Set apart by baptism. Waters that separate. Even as Noah and his family were lifted up out of that sinful world, even as Moses and Israel were taken out of Egypt and separated from Pharaoh and his host. God, by his spirit and word, has separated us from the world unto himself, his people. Known, known in the world, not just by our name, Christian, for sadly, many share that name, but not its meaning. But also known by our lives. Our words and our deeds. And I ask you, and I want you to ask yourselves, can the world distinguish that you're different from them? Can the world distinguish that you belong to Christ Jesus and you love him and that he dwells in you? By the words you use, by the lives that you live, we're a sign, a sign to this world, and that's why they hate us. 
They hate a child of God who trusts in God alone, who refuses to join with the wicked. That was the error, that was the straw in Abram Kuyper's theology. Wonderful theology on the whole, except he said, no, believers can work along with unbelievers. They have much in common, and it's called common grace. What a terrible thing that that false doctrine has done. It has destroyed, for many, the antithesis. Be like the world, act like the world, speak like the world, dress like the world, trust in the world. Antithetical living, not of the world, not of Belial. You cannot, as we heard this morning, eat at the table of the Lord and also eat at the tables of devils. But living antithetically, living as God's children, trusting his promise and living according to his word, bringing glory to God. Outside of Christ, our testimony is outside of Christ, there's no salvation. Many in the church want to bring a good word to the heathen, even if they don't trust in Jesus Christ. They say you're rather good people. That's false. Apart from Christ, one is lost. One is in darkness. One is an ally of Satan in the world. But God, by his grace, separates out and makes us his children. So you and I are to be a sign in the midst of this dark world that Jesus saves. And second of all, we are to be a wonder of grace. Grace that renews in us new life. Grace that works in us a love for God, faith in his promises, lives that are lived for him. In the way of faith and in the way of obedience, God will deliver and preserve his church from this sinful world. Do you believe that promise? Do you believe the victory? The victory given to the remnant in Isaiah's day? Yes, they all went down to Babylon, but by grace there was a remnant that returned again, a small remnant. And in the apostasy of the church still today, By grace, we stand. It's only by grace. God separates us out to himself. His grace enabling us to believe, enabling us to do good works, to believe in him. What victory. Because I and the children whom the Lord has given to me are signs and wonders looking forward to that day when we are completely delivered. We don't have to fight sin any longer. There's not going to be a sinful nature any longer. There's not going to be a sinful world any longer. And Satan and his host can't do anything any longer because they're dashed down to hell. And you and I will enjoy him forever. Oh, beloved, let me end my sermon with this question. Are you desirous? And are you, by God's grace, a sign and a wonder 
of God's marvelous grace. Amen. Father in heaven, not the arm of flesh, not what I can do as a believer for myself or for my children, but we confess, Father, the wonder of grace, the wonder of grace that we are renewed to new life. We are made children of God. We are made children of light. Oh, Father, then help us in our name, in, in our words, and in our actions to be that wonder that causes amazement about others. What, what causes these people to tick? And a sign then, a sign of thy preserving grace. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.